Welcome to Color Country Politics, where we discuss all the important political issues facing Iron County, Utah. Our guests include elected officials and community leaders in or representing Iron County. This is episode 75, Candidate Forum 2021, Garth Green, Mayor. Welcome back, everybody, to Color Country Politics. I am Jenny Hendricks, along with my absent co-host today. (laughs) So if there are any tech issues, that is on me. And I'm good at a lot of things, but tech is not necessarily one of them. So bear with us, and Jesse will be back to help us again with our tech issues. But I am really excited to introduce our guest today. As you know, it is political season, which is the best season of all. And I am here today with Garth Green, who is running for mayor. Thank Thank you you for coming. Thank you. Appreciate that. So... We have our mayor's uh, series. There's just two of them, so it's a very short series. And uh, this will be the second podcast that we will drop in our mayor series. So we're glad that you're here. Thank you. Let's jump right into it. All right. Why are you running? Because I was asked. Okay. That's it? (laughs) Very short answer. Okay. I, I had not considered politics, and I had not been paying any attention. For 30 years, 50 years, I've been running businesses. I've been creating businesses and working. And uh, the last 15 years giving service, I'd been out of the community. I had not been paying attention. I hadn't been going to council meeting. I serve on no boards. I'm totally a non, non-politician, have never served and have never ran. Uh, can't say that I'd never thought about it, but I had never committed to it. Um, and people came to me last November and said, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two things they said. One is we need your experience and your knowledge and and your leadership and your vision in the community because we have some serious problems. And second of all, you're probably the only name in town that might be able to prevail. Mm. Big name, fairly big company that I created. It has my name on it. People call, a lot of people call it Go Green. Is that sliding down? Is that okay? Is it still working? I think it's still working. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right, yep. good. And I'm, I'm, if you're not a techie, I'm certainly not a techie. So, uh, at, right, in fact, at people of my age, we, we shun all of it. But um, And so uh, my family, my wife, my uh, uh, friends, some political people in the community, uh, influential people, people that I admire and consider to be uh, very smart, said, please come run. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. Okay. Well, there are <clears throat> obviously <laughs> issues with... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, let me try lack this one more time. Lack of enthusiasm. Yeah. That thing. Okay. All right. Should know. be tight. I'm up. not sure. Well, keep an eye on it. <laughs> no, okay. it's going down. Is it going again? <laughs> uh, um, oh, let's try and hold it, it over There's got to be a, a, some kind something. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Set my book on it. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Go team. Okay. So See, obviously, this is what I do. I solve problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, don't, right. you don't have to. No, that's fine. You can cut that. Yeah. Well, that's I not I I do not know how much the editing process is involved, but we'll see. We'll okay. find that out. We will All find right. that out. Okay. So in a city of any size, and specifically in Cedar City, which you are running for mayor, there's always issues that need to be solved. It's never like, you know, you get to a point where, okay, we're done, all of the issues are taken care of, and we can go home tonight and not have to worry about anything. Um, what are the three biggest issues you would like to solve in Cedar City? And along with that, if you want to answer the question, what is your plan to solve them? Sure. Thank you. Well, I think the reason people wanted me to run was because of my experience with water. Uh, I, I have been in the water industry for, for at least 30 years, and, uh, and, and, and I've been solving water issues, not only here, but around the world. So the, the, I could give all three of them that have to do with water. But since I only have three, I'll call water one and I'll explain it, the three points that I've I've introduced out of 11 that I have planned so far, and there'll be lots more that'll come. So uh, water's number one, and and number two is is the infrastructure, the the uh, commercial development, the the helping the commerce of Cedar City to thrive and do well and provide the jobs and 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 to help the community enjoy what they want through commerce. And the third is to make people happy and to enjoy life a little better and to uh, to to be part of something that is fun. So I'm going to explain those three and I might start I probably should start with water and and I could go on for hours about water and what I see and the problems that I see and what my solutions are to them. When I was first asked to run, my very first question was, what do you do with the wastewater? Mm. What do you do with the affluent? And I got hums and haws. And I said, really, you cannot be serious. We are not utilizing our wastewater. We've spent millions of dollars fixing our treatment plant to the point where it produces uh, type 2 affluent in a very consistent basis. Type 2 affluent is water that you probably don't want to drink. It might not hurt you, probably wouldn't hurt you to drink it, but I guess you would shy away from it, and so would I. However, it's, it's excellent water refined to the point that it can be used for agriculture. Now, what in agriculture? Alfalfa and field corn that's going to be fed to animals, livestock, and the grains, the uh, rye and the wheat and the barley and turf farms. Well, we have a turf farm, but it's a long ways from our, from our treatment plant. But we have alfalfa fields that are very close to our treatment plant. So right from the very beginning, I said, this is insanity. We have 3,200 acre feet of water that comes out of the, the treatment plant. Now, to put that in perspective, because I'm a number guy, and a lot of people are not number guys, Cedar City, Enoch, and the county use for the residents about 7,000 acre feet of water. Mm -hmm. 
So 3,200 acre feet of that water is 47%. So of all the water we use, 47% of it comes out of the treatment plant. So when they tell us, you know, put a brick in your toilet, don't take a shower, only water on Wednesday, and those things, and yet the very organization that's telling this stuff to us wastes 3,200 acre feet of water. Now, people say, well, how could the city ever use that water? Well, it's very simple. It's to, for the aquifer. What you do is you simply pipe water under pressure to agricultural producers of alfalfa. You encourage them to put it through their pivots. And in that deal, they get a, an extra good deal. They get pressurized water delivered to them, and they don't have to pump the aquifer. They get the exact same water that we drink out of the same aquifers in our valley, and they pump it. So if you can get them to, to use the wastewater and not pump the aquifer, it's a one-to-one -one recharge. And if one droplet of water that goes on the alfalfa crop finds its way through the earth back to, our, back to the aquifer, that's a bonus. But by not pumping the well, it's one-to-one. -one. And they said, that isn't that difficult. I'm in the pipe valve and fitting business. Pipe is cheap compared to other sources. Mm -hmm. Now, our current administration wants to spend $1.9 on an engineering plant, a pile of papers, to tell them how to change our plant from what it is to the next one better, which is a fluent one, so it can be used on the golf course. And they've already told them and they've announced this, that it will cost $65 million to do the job. It's going to cost $1.9 million to do the engineering and $65 million to do the project. They'll never do the project. They, they'll probably spend the $1.9 million doing the study, and it will be another pile of papers on the shelf because they will never spend. We, we would never spend $65 million changing poo water from type 2 affluent to type 1 affluent. So therefore, that means that we're just going to continue as, as we are, which is in the desert. That's silly. It needs to come. It needs to go to the farmers. Now, that's the first one. I would run a pipeline. I would try to do it immediately. I'd bring a pipeline up 2300 west, clear to the airport, seven miles. It right, raises 160 feet. It'll create about 80 pounds of pressure in the pipe at the treatment plant to deliver water clear to the airport. From the airport, it literally could go around the valley. But during that process, and when it gets to the, to the, to the um, power line that runs towards Enoch, east and west, I would run a smaller pipe east and west up to the Enoch Graubin and the farms up there and people up there say they want the water and would use it and west to and to basically make the main trunk line and let the farmers help me get the pipe to their land and rest their wells, save the pumping costs, give a portion of the pumping costs to the city and use this water and get a one-to-one -one recharge. And I think, I think the agricultural community, I've talked to to Jason Dodds at the NRCS. I, I, I've, talk, I've talked to some. I think they're gonna embrace this. They, 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 that's water for heaven's sakes. And it can be, it is good water. And it actually has a few nutrients in it. Now that doesn't sound very good and you smile and laugh, but 
it actually produces great crops. And why not? Why waste it? Mm-hmm. Second of all, I mean, and, and that's still water. Uh-huh. There are two more parts to water, if I may. Yeah. And I'll be very brief. Okay. The second part is that we have very, very high pressure ratings in town. And that's dangerous. And it's hard on equipment. It's hard on pipes. Firemen say, geez, we don't want 300-pound pressure pipe. First thing we do when we hook up to a hydrant that's got high pressure is put a pressure-reducing valve. We run that kind of pressure through our fire trucks. It'll destroy it. Mm. Same thing it does everywhere. And, and it's dangerous. Somebody's going to be down in a vault with a pipe wrench fiddling with a valve, and that thing doesn't leak. It explodes. At 350 pounds of pressure, ductile iron pipe, it will explode, and that person will be dead. It's ridiculous. It's on the master plan to do it, and I would do it. The third thing I would do is, in water is go to the canyon. And I, and, and I have 11, there's 11 points. This happens to be number nine. There, I, I have three out of 11 defined and, and vetted properly. The other eight uh, need more work, and I will. It just needs time, and I will develop them. We used to get water out of the canyon. We got it at a place called Martin's Flat. We, we had a well there. When I was in the sixth grade, my teacher was Clement Adams. And he took us for a field trip. And we stopped here and there all the way up, and we ended up at Martin's Flat. I was there yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was in the, the shed with the pump yesterday. The pump is still there. Now, I know the pipe is small. The pump is small. The pipe coming down the canyon is small. But we gave up a water source. We pumped it for 26 years, from 1951, when I was less than two years old, until 1977. And the reason I think we quit pumping it was because Quichapa was faster, easier, cheaper. We gave up. And we allocated water to Martin's Flat until 2006, 181 acre feet of water. would deliver about 125 gallons a minute. I know, it's a very small amount. I think we need to go east. I think we need a bigger well. I think we need a bigger pipeline. But east of Martin's Flat is a slide where the road is trying to fall off the mountain. And the DOT is up there spending millions of dollars keeping that road going. And they have said for several years now, we need to drain the water off that mountain so it will quit sliding down and we can solidify our road. I th- and I first said, well, that's just stupid. How do you think, you put pipes in that mountain and it slides, what do you think's gonna happen to your pipe? You know, I'm sure they're smart people. And, and if they wanna pump that water out of that mountain, I think it's a marvelous idea. And if they know how to do it, I say go for it. And we want the water. One mile from that slide, is Martin's Flat. Mm. And we have a nice big new pipeline coming down from there. And they've got this water. There's no reason to put it in Colt Creek. Put it in that pipeline. And let's bring it to Cedar. We'll take the water. All the water they have. Grant Tucker had a coal mine up there. And I knew him extremely well in the 60s when he was running that coal mine. And, and he struggled all the time. Of course, the price of coal dropping didn't help him. But... He struggled all the time to get the water pumped out of his coal mine. 
He couldn't get rid of the water. There was so much water. He was struggling with it all the time. There's a lot of water in that mountain, and I want it for Cedar City. <laughs> I'll take it. You drill it. You spend the millions of dollars drilling holes in the side of that mountain, and I'll, we'll take the water. We'd love to have the water. Mm -hmm. And if we have a new pipeline at Martin's Flat, taking water that we've had and done since 1951, we put it in that pipeline, bring a cedar. Do you know? Do you realize that there are two springs right there by Martin's Flat? There's Clough Springs and there's Chatterley Springs, and they used to draw water out of those springs. Do you know that one tenth of the water in Cedar City comes out of the Right Hand Canyon? It's not wells; it's springs. Mm -hmm. You develop a good spring and you bring that spring water to Cedar City, and it's wonderful water. And and. And part of the city always is on that water. And if you ever drink water up on the east side of town, you know that it's pretty good tasting water. It comes out of a spring mm -hmm. out of Right Hand Canyon. And there's two more springs up there that have been ignored, Clough Springs and Chatterley Springs. So I want to put all that water up in Martin's Flat and up in that canyon in a pipeline, bring it to Cedar City. And by doing that, putting it in our system and idling down those wells out at Quichapaw, because our problem with water, with the state of Utah, and we have a huge problem with the state of Utah who wants to cancel our water rights. The problem is not the calculation of the evapotranspiration rate of Cedar City or the 484,000 acre feet of water that supposedly drops in our valley and all the calculations, which would be a wonderful lawsuit for, this, for some federal judge, isn't that at all. You can't dispute the fact that our aquifer drops. It dropped six feet last year at Quichapa. That aquifer out there, those well levels, they measure them every year, probably more than once a year, and it dropped six feet last year. You can't dispute that. You can argue all day long, but you can't dispute that because if it's dropping, it's dropping. Yeah. And my goal, people say, you think you can solve our water problems in one term as mayor? Oh, heavens no. We live in a desert. Mm -hmm. This We don't solve water problems. We mitigate them. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to stabilize that aquifer so it doesn't drop. Mm -hmm. Just stabilize. Mm -hmm. Not come back up. Not prevent the, the earth from caving in like it did out at Enoch. Mm -hmm. Caving in because the aquifer's bad. Just stabilize the darn thing. Mm -hmm. And we've got to do that by using our fluent and going to the canyon, mm -hmm. utilizing the springs, getting the money, water out of the slide. That's my goal. Okay. Stabilize the aquifer. That's number one. You said I had all the time I wanted you to do. talk about a subject. You do. I could go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> the second. And the other two are simpler. Because water is always the most complicated yeah. subject. No, it is. it is. It is an extremely complicated, complex convoluted issue with a lot of moving parts and a lot of stakeholders, a Great. lot of people with vested interests and sometimes competing interests. Sure. So. And sometimes they hate each other. Yeah. It is something And they'll kill that... each other over water. <laughs> it has happened. Yeah. In Utah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it is. And, and I don't like that. And, and people say, oh, you're just trying to give the water to the farmers. Yeah, if they'll quit pumping the well... Of course, I'll give them the poo water if they'll quit pumping. That isn't even a hard question mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
I want it. I want that challenge. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. People say, why are you running for mayor? I said, I really don't want the job. I want to do the job. Mm -hmm. I want my hand. I think the city's probably being ran well. I want my hand and my expertise and my knowledge over a lifetime and my determination, ability to solve things, take on difficult problems. Because I've done this in Mexico, in Kenya, Uganda, and Malaysia. Solved water problems, brought clean water, good pure water to 139 communities hmm. as a humanitarian. Mm -hmm. Of course, I had the LDS Church's money behind me. <laughs> and you can do a lot if you, you got enough money you got behind money. you. That's right. You don't have to raise the money. That's you can right. get a lot of things done. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, that's number one. Thank you for asking, allowing sure. me to share that. Number two is I'm a businessman. I get frustrated. I get just frustrated as everybody else who tries to drive up Main Street. The traffic, not only at rush hour, the traffic all day long is horrible. And I, and I struggle with that. And I try and say, how come? Where are we all going? Why don't you people stay home? You know, don't you ever stay home? <laughs> Y'all have to drive to Walmart every day or to, to um, Desert Industries or Home Depot or the liquor store. What have you got to do on the south end of town that is so pressing that we have to have so much traffic? Do they drive up the freeway? They don't seem to. They seem to go up Main Street. I don't know why. Wouldn't you, if you lived on the north end, wouldn't you go up the freeway? Probably some do. Some will take exception to that and say, oh, I always go up there. But there are a lot of people on Main Street. We have three grocery stores, big grocery stores in town. We used to have four. Mm -hmm. We only have three. Mm -hmm. Our population is not shrinking. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. It's growing. Yes. And it's growing fast. Yes. Why do we not have another? You, you can't. You're right across the street from Lynn's. You can't find a parking place in Lynn's parking lot. At several hours, lots of hours of the day. You can't get a grocery cart. You better take the one out in the stand with you because they're probably not going to be any in the store. <laughs> not that they don't do a wonderful job because they do. I see a need. And, and later we're going to talk about what, what I see down the road and I'll, and I'll describe that. I see a need for infrastructure, commercial infrastructure. Now, I'm a business guy. Jerry Sherritt, I think, had the policy, two policies for, him, for that when he was the mayor. One is he always said he had an open-door policy. Mm -hmm. He said, you can come talk. That's why I am. I'll have an open-door policy, particularly for business. I don't care whether you're big, small. I don't care. doesn't matter whether you're new or a big chain or whatever. I'm a businessman. I've created businesses. I've taught business. I taught uh, 505 people in 55 classes in Europe. Now, here's an American teaching Europe. You know, Europeans are pretty proud an American teaching Europeans, and they came in droves mm. to hear what I had to say, and it spread wildly. And I taught it in England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Spain, Portugal, and Italy. Mm. And at the end, they said, we want what you do to be taught in the developing countries of Albania, Romania, Kosovo, uh, Poland, uh, uh, Hungary, the Eastern Bloc countries, mm -hmm. where... Our missionaries leave to go on missions in the West, and then they come home, give the report, and catch the first train out. Because mm -hmm. they don't want to live in Romania when they can live in Paris. Mm -hmm. 
And so, they, and I said, I'd love to do that. I wanted to do that. But the time ran out. The mission was out. It was 2010. Our business, we're in the construction business. You're in the real estate business, apparently. Our world had collapsed in 2009. Mm -hmm. And I came home and I went back to work mm -hmm. building pivots. But I've taught a lot of business. I'd love to talk business with anyone. Uh, small business, large business, anybody struggling or having successes or wanting to expand. It's all I've done in my life. And I'm more than open to do it. Second of all, and that's what Jerry Sherritt did. He had an open-door policy for everything from flowers to whatever, and I guess I could have that, but I'd really like to talk business. The second thing I would like to talk, or like to do, besides talking business to people, is to create a, it's not a turnkey, but a, a attitude in the city that we will do everything we can to streamline your project through. The last thing a small business, I've been there, Trust me, I've been there lots of times. The only thing a small businessman does not have is money and time. He can't wait a week. And if you take his $100, he can't buy the hamburger buns to put in his shop. When you're starting a business, you don't have time or money. I understand that. And I would like to streamline that through our system at the government and make sure that we're not hurting our small business people or big business people mm -hmm. with bureaucracy and with rules and regulation. Now, our city employees will all take exception to me calling it a bureaucracy. Red tape is probably a better word, mm -hmm. less offensive word. Mm -hmm. I don't want red tape. Mm -hmm. I want this to come through, to flow through the city offices and get people on their way if they're doing business. I'd like a turnkey I'm probably not going to get a turnkey. I'm probably going to have to work within the, the limits of the, you know, the, the, the building codes, mm -hmm. which I am a licensed contractor. I do understand that. And the ordinances mm -hmm. and the parking mm -hmm. and so on. But I don't want any of those to become bottlenecks. I just want, because business people, a lot of times, they don't even care. Just help me. Get it so, like you want it, mm -hmm. so it'll go. Mm -hmm. They're not going to fight over a parking space. They're not going to fight over another 10 by 10 foot of green space. If you got to have it, where can I stick it? Because I don't really care about mowing the lawn. <laughs> okay. That's my goal. I, okay. want to, I want to move business. I didn't tell you. I want to move business to the north end. Mm -hmm. Did I say that? You'd have not. Oh, that's it. But you can right now. North end. Okay. There, you think of all the building that's gone to the west mm -hmm. and to the north, mm -hmm. and and we need to get the roads through. The east-west, we're horrible. We have 200 north, and we have Mid-Valley Road. Yeah. We need 2,400 north, and we need 3,000 north. Mm -hmm. Now, it's going to involve getting some property, yep. but we need to put those through. They're putting a traffic light in on Nichols Road. Mm -hmm. And we need to get those roads going through. Mm -hmm. And there's not much, 1,800 feet on 2,400 north that the city needs to do and build a, a, a one-lane-each-way road through there. And that would change the flow. And if there was a grocery store on the north end of town, 
Maybe everybody wouldn't go up Main Street. <laughs> right. I hope so. I think there's a need, and I'm a businessman. I look at it and I say, there's three three grocery stores in town. There used to be four. Mm-hmm. We're growing. We need another grocery store. So I'll go after them. I'll go yeah. ask them. I'm not afraid of anybody. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go get them, and I can talk business with anybody, large or small, in any parts of the world, because I've been there and done that. Well, I know there's a lot of people on the north end of town that would like to see that happen. I know. Eventually, uh, we'll talk about it when you get to the <laughs> my 20-year plan. Okay. Third thing. Yes. Really simple. It's called the BSBC. Okay. Have you seen the signs? No. Okay. You should. Okay. It's called the BSBC. And my grandson came to me and he said, I know what BC is. That's book club. Okay. But what's BS? And I said, oh, Kaysen. Banana Split. <laughs> okay. It's the Banana Split Book Club. I started it in 2017. I had a couple of grandchildren who were struggling to read. Mm. And I started the BSBC. And I got them a book. They're chapter books. Some of them real simple for the little kids. They're a book that has a movie with it. Mm. They, there's lots of books out there. I could give you a long list of them. I found them all. I haven't found them all. I'm still looking for new books. Books with movies for children. Mm -hmm. Lots of them. And they get the book. They read the book because the book's always better than the movie. Mm -hmm. They come to a movie night or a movie afternoon and they watch the movie and they eat a banana split. Okay. And you know what's next? They get another book. There you go. And and I've already covered this with Steve Decker at the library. We're all set. If 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 I'm fortunate enough to prevail in in November, mm-hmm. we will implement the BSBC in our local library. We will. I will use my salary as mayor. I have I have some money. I'm not broke. People say, how much money are you spending on this thing? I said, about, about what I thought, <laughs> what I expected, about a new Ford pickup. Yeah. For That's what I think. Yeah. So I have some money, and I'll, I'll, we'll buy the books, and we'll put them in the library, and they'll check them out. And when they come to the library, they'll sign up for the BSBC and a library card. Mm-hmm. And... Then they go home and read their book, and they come back on the scheduled time, and they get to with their friends, and they get to watch a movie, and they eat a banana split, and they get another book. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's nothing else, but I will fund it. It will not cost the city anything. We'll have a little stress on the library on Saturdays. And my daughter-in-laws and sons and son-in-law and grandchildren will all rally for movie day. Because I think there'll be a huge number of children who will want to participate in this. And probably a lot of parents who want their kids off their And the moms come Mm -hmm. with the kids for the movie day, and they'll help us with the banana splits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're so happy, grandma and grandpa, so happy to to read with grandchildren, Mm -hmm. listen to their grandchildren Mm -hmm. read. Mothers, we're all frustrated. You know, we have so many... So much time spent on this thing. Yep. And we wish they'd read a book. People say, well, I like listening to books. Uh Uh-huh. Go ahead. I don't. (laughs) This is nothing to do with books on tape that you listen to. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with it. Well, what about Kindle? I guess it's good. (laughs) I like it when a child 
gets a good book, finds a soft space, curls his leg up underneath him, sits down on the couch or wherever with some light and opens the front page and explores a new adventure mm-hmm. that only comes through books. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I want for yeah. our kids. That's the fun part. It's called that's Community great. Pride. In okay. Thing. Uh-huh. And I could go on. I want to yeah. do it. I want to do neighborhood parks, but I don't have time. You only gave me three. You only get three. Okay. got to be fair. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Water, Economic Development, and Community Pride, which is a book club right now. Okay. That's great. I think there's a lot of parents who would like to have their kids off those devices. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is your vision for Cedar City? And then if you, if you want to incorporate this uh, as well... What does Cedar City look like to you in five years, 10 years, 20 years, and, and how do you plan for that? Right. Thank you. Well, I'm from Cedar. I was born and raised here. I was born on the old hospital over that's now the Levitt Building mm. on 200 South and 200 West. Um, I was raised down in the west part of town on 900 West where the Centrum parking lot is. Mm. I walked to the West Elementary through the college farm. Uh, I, I go back a long ways. A lot of folks have come to town that are brand new. I, I really don't care whether you came here when you were two or whether you came in here when you're 65. All welcome, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, and I want to include and adapt everybody into it. But when I say, and I want to live in Cedar City, and I don't blame people mm-hmm. for wanting to live in Cedar City. Yeah, we've been discovered. I always say the di- you can tell the difference between an environmentalist and a non-environmentalist. The environmentalist already has his cabin on the mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I live here. I don't blame people who want to come here. I find they're, they're, they're people who have vast experiences and, mm-hmm. and a life before, and, and they do like to talk about their life before. And, and, and I don't expect people to give up their past life to live in Cedar City. What I want to create is a cohesiveness in a community. Now, I know that in my 5, 10, 20 year plans, that that cohesiveness will not be around the South Interchange. It really won't be around downtown. If we're, as we grow and develop, I don't know how long it's going to take, I'm going to start in the next four years, developing the south end, or excuse me, the north end of town to, to try and provide opportunities. And it will go around the interchanges. Mm-hmm. I know it will. I've, I'm not stupid. I didn't just fall off the pumpkin truck. <laughs> I know that as Enoch gets its overpass up mm-hmm. there, the idea that we're going to develop commercially down on Mid Valley Road and, and the, the road to Minersville, mm-hmm. I think it's a little short-sighted. They will build the overpass up in Enoch, and it will become our south interchange, our center 200 north interchange, our north interchange, and Enix. Mm-hmm. And we will, just by the very nature of business, we will migrate to those things, and they will become uh, 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 neighborhood um, suburbs of a city. And honestly, Cedar City Central will become a historic district, and it will be unique. And I'm okay with that. It should be unique. It should be around the theater, around Shakespeare, around the university, around the parks. It should be the historic part of town. Mm -hmm. 
But we will inevitably, with or without me, we will eventually, the businessmen will come to the party. Somebody will see the opportunities yeah. on the north, mm-hmm. and they will do something. I'm going to try and encourage it, mm-hmm. but they will come. Someday it will come, and when they do, this thing will expand. Same thing will happen to the west. Now, the south is good, and there's a lot of growth out there in Eagle Point and around that mm-hmm. way. That will continue to go. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. I see that structure is already there. So I see, first of all, five-year plan development start on the, on the north. The center, the 200 north exit is more difficult because it's already developed right. all around it. Mm-hmm. So where do you put it? How do you hub around that? And you're going to end up going a little bit west on that, or you're going to tear stuff down. Yeah. With the university, I don't see you tearing stuff down. Mm-hmm. But but you're going to have to be close enough that it, that it encompasses that university zone that's been created and all of this, these young people... They're going to need to do it, but the resident says they're not going to come in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. If they can do it west of the freeway, if they can do it out by the north interchange, if they can do it out by the south interchange, they're not going to come down into that mess. Mm-hmm. And is it a mess? It's a mess. I, I mean, I don't like it particularly, and I grew up in it. Yeah. I, I'm there, and I live in the old part of town. I live up by the old hospital. I, You know, I, I don't see any way around it. I don't think we're going to stop growth. No. And so so I, I just think we have to think beyond outside the box and we have to say, okay, what do you see down the road? What mm-hmm. is your vision down the road? Mm-hmm. I see suburbs mm-hmm. in Cedar. I hate to call them that because it's reflective of Salt Lake City mm-hmm. when we say suburb. Mm-hmm. They're teeny suburbs, micro suburbs, neighborhood districts where people get together and that's why and it wasn't able, but my neighborhood park idea. Mm-hmm. I I helped to have a park. I helped to have a gym. I hope to have a playground. Mm-hmm. I hope to have a grocery store. Mm-hmm. I, I hope to have, just like everywhere else in the world, unfortunately, suburbs. Yeah. But the suburb, I hope, will be friendly and cooperative with each other. Mm-hmm. And that they will like the idea that they're a suburb mm-hmm. and they will relate to it. And they're now, they're in suburbs forever. Yeah. Did you know there was a Boulderville in Cedar City? No. My mother was raised as a little child in Boulderville. Hmm. Now, I live up in Dogtown. <laughs> and it used to, was raised out here in the West Valley, and we called that Doverville. Okay. But there's a Boulderville, and it's over across, just north of Bradshaw Chevrolet. Oh, okay. Because Cold Creek would come rumbling down the canyon every oh. summer and bring a whole bring mass boulders. of boulders. That's interesting. And they called it Boulderville. There you go. And my mother was raised in Boulderville. Okay. So we've had suburbs. We have Doverville, we have Dogtown, we have Boulderville. I don't want that. I, I mean, that's kind of long gone and past. I want the North, the West, and the South. And what we call those, that'll be fun to figure out what the people start calling their area, mm-hmm. their park, mm-hmm. their gym. Mm-hmm. I can see it coming. So what happens in 20 years? That's my vision. Okay. And I want to develop it. Uh, I want to make sure we're being reasonable with development. 
but I don't blame people for wanting to live it, wanting to live here. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. No, it's a fact. We have been discovered. We have been discovered. And people. And I don't blame wanna, them for coming. Yeah, and people want to be here, and and so growth is a reality. It's it's not something that we can say. Uh, you know, if it happens, we're in the middle of it. It is happening right, right now. And right. so having an effective plan for that is really important. So before we wrap up, let me give you an opportunity. Is there anything else that you want our community to know about you, your campaign, uh, your website, how to research these, uh, this, the things that, you, that we've talked about today? What, what else do you want to get out there? GarthGreen.com. Okay. People say... What happened to you in Brazil? Oh. You got shot. Oh. How did that all go down? If you want to read an 11-page write-up that I did just weeks after, go to guardscreen.com. The whole thing is there, along with the video of all the newspaper stations in Salt Lake, all of the press. I mean, we were on the news every night for three weeks until wow. I finally got here and got out of the press. <laughs> It's on there. Okay. If you want to know about other things about Martin's Flat, it's on there. Okay. If you want to know about my life and, and where I'm at, you can find out some stuff there. So good luck with that one. Okay. I'm, I'm usually not one who jumps to go to a website. I'm less likely. I'm more likely to pick up a flyer. Yeah. Um, my signs say that I have experience knowledge vision and and leadership and and that's what i bring mm -hmm. i'm an old guy i've been down the road mm -hmm. i've been on every country or every every continent in the world including antarctica mm. i've done service projects in mexico i've, I've put in water systems in mexico can not don't get me wrong I didn't personally put them in. I designed them. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a water expert. The church would send me in to make sure we were doing them right, hire the contractors, develop the systems, figure out it, organize the groups, and have it ready to go. And I and then I do it. I did I did work in Uganda, put in uh, 120 wells in Uganda, and I never saw the first one until 10 years later when mm. I went back wow. after a mission in the Philippines. Mm. And I went back to Uganda and looked at my project. Mm -hmm. Of the first 15, and I looked at every one of them, 14 of them were still operational 10 years later. Now, that's what I am. I, 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 bring, uh, I bring that knowledge and that experience. And, and I think I bring vision. I've been creating things my whole life. I started, I left First Security Bank as a senior lending officer, supervising 13 banks and sitting on the senior loan committee. I came to Cedar City to open a plumbing supply store. I waited the counter, I cleaned the toilets, I stocked the shelves. I was there every day from seven until six. And and, and then I went home and uh, and I worked six days a week and and I've created a company that now has 280 employees. I didn't create all those. When I left it 15 years ago to do humanitarian work, it only had about 50 employees mm. and six branches. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're a major uh, international company with with uh, internet. Mm -hmm. We sell on the internet. We, have, mm -hmm. we market through the, the uh, internet. Um, I just come with a lot of experience. 
and and I love the challenges. Mm-hmm. The the bank would give me those challenges. The church would come to me and say, "We want you to go see if you can figure out. We know all the things they're doing in Kenya. We want to do something in Uganda. Mm. Go and figure out Uganda. Mm-hmm. We're willing to spend money. Help us figure out something in Uganda." First trip was a failure. Mm. And I went back a few weeks later, and then I was able to carve out, flesh, flesh out the, the projects that would do it. And we created it, got it approved, and we duplicated it four times in the next year and a half. And, uh, and it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And you will see billboards coming up that will show pictures of me and some African children. Okay. It will come up. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> All right. There's already billboards up about the BSBC. People, I'm I'm the billboard guy. Okay. I'm the guy who has the billboards. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, that's who I am. Um, I appreciate uh, the votes. If people would like me to serve the city, and that's the only reason I do it. I'm not, I'm not in it for power. I've had power. I have money. I'm not in it for any of it. I'm there to serve and to try and figure out some of these things in business and and water and in the Meantime, some fun for the children reading mm-hmm. books and eating banana splits. That's great. Well, we're Thank awfully you. glad you had time to come on. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Again, that website is garthgreen.com. That's correct. Where you can go get more information if you are an internet kind of person. If not, you could probably pick up a flyer. If yes, you're a flyer and, you, and you can person. call me. People, people <laughs> call me and they say, do you answer your own phone? Well, yes. Who else, Who else is, is going to answer, answer the it? Phone? <laughs> Right. Can I just talk to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't have to go through your people. Anyway. You don't have to go okay. through my people. Okay. If you don't talk to me, call me. My, <laughs> my phone number's on lots of places. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Well, thank you again. We You're appreciate welcome. your time. This has been Color Country Politics, our final episode of this political season for the mayor's race. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you will be able to reach out to both of the mayoral candidates if you have questions and uh get clarity on who is the best person to lead our community. And I'm grateful that you came on. Sometimes people shy away from this format. So thank you. Thank you. I'm Jenny Hendricks. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Color Country Politics, a production in cooperation with Utah Politico Hub and graciously sponsored by Century 21 Prestige Realty at 121 North Main Street, Cedar City. Special thanks to Amoeba Crew for use of their song, Background Indie Rock, licensed under Creative Commons. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Also, check out our YouTube channel where we post video of our interviews. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website at www.colorcountrypolitics.com.